Hey everybody, it's Ron from the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast Network, here to talk to you today about SpinWiz Comics. SpinWizComics.com is an indie comics discovery platform. It's designed to help comic book readers find new content, with over 60 publishers and over 400 different comic titles to choose from, and growing every week. Most of the content right now is free to read, but there are options available to purchase PDFs and support creators you read the most. And right now, as part of the promotion, IB Comics is offering the first four issues of Grace, free to read. And for all you music fans out there, the first 28 pages of Legba's Juke Joint, Volume 1. You can read all of these for free at spinwizcomics.com. So if you're a content creator out there, check it out. It's a no-hassle platform whose core goal is to help with awareness, to essentially take your comic book and put it out there for new readers. It's as easy as uploading a couple of PDFs, toss them into a Dropbox or Google, and within a day, your stuff will be online and available for purchase or for new readers to check out. SpinWizComics.com. Check it out today. Have you ever walked by a person on the street and wondered, what's their deal? Or, or been curious about what it's like to be a policeman, or a musician, or, or even just young? Well, welcome to My Life App, a podcast that delves into the comedic lives and experience of normal people and says, hey, tell me about your life. The first episode of this exciting new podcast drops Wednesday, August 5th. So hit that subscribe button, give us a like, and follow us on the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast Network. Hope you enjoy. Direct from the beautiful Inland Blue Studios, honey. This is the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast with your host, that fine ass Chris Thayer, that beautiful Steve Hill, and that big hunk of chunk of meat, Ron Mills. Woo! Mama's hot up in here. Let's get this party started. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast. Here with your host today, Chris Thayer. And I'm Ron Mills. Hey, we're back on a, uh, uh, a what you call it, a phone call uh, episode, only because I will not be in town this weekend to record, uh, so we can't do the uh, the fabulous poolside recording like we did the last episode, <laughs> but we'll get back to that next week. So, um, But one of the things, uh, Chris, getting into this episode that uh, the boys and I were talking about last week was uh, we were thinking instead of doing... Um, uh, uh, just one episode a week doing like a midweek episode where it's like you and I on the phone, uh, we could do like a half hour and then do like a full episode with everybody else later in the week. Um, how would you feel about that as an idea? Um, whatever. I'm down for whatever. <laughs> man. It's all good. Yeah. So we were thinking we could do like, uh, the TV shows that just you and I tend to watch anymore. So you and I could do like a recap of something that we're really into over the time. And then we could recap like the memes of the week on the, uh, on the Facebook page, you know, like our favorite things we saw this week, you know, and, uh, just make it like a quick, Hey, check in with us. And then, uh, and it's just more content. There's nothing wrong with more content, you know? Sure. <laughs> you know me, I'm, I'm down for whatever, man. Well, at this point, like, you know, we all got nothing but time, right? Yes. Although I, I am back to work officially, so. Um, 
Oh, oh, are you like in school with kids? Oh, hell no. What, you, what is this, Georgia? No, dude. Thank God we have some intelligent people making those kinds of decisions in California because there's no way I would be doing that. I mean, it's, dude, seriously, I've been buying my own tissues and hand soap for 23 years. You really think they're going to have enough stuff for me to go and be, you know, in a classroom with these kids? They're disease carriers normally. No. <laughs> so, no, we're, on, we're online, dude. Um, and, and honestly, you know, the, the, the springtime was kind of a disaster because nobody was prepared for it and it just sort of was sprung on us. Um, but you know, coming out of the gate, um, I think people are going to see it's a very different animal when you have more than, you know, 48 hours to prepare for a, a, you know, a quarter, um, teachers been working hard, man. And I got to tell you just after like the first four days, I'm exhausted. Like, I feel like I'm actually <laughs> in the classroom. Like, that's that's the level of exhausted I am because I had to redo everything, you know? 23 years of right, teaching experience right. is great, but now you get to completely change everything you do. And by the way, you don't have anything that works, so you got to build everything new or at least modify everything that you used to do. So, yeah, man, it's it's been uh, pretty intense. So any anybody who... Uh, thinks that teachers are just kind of sitting home watching soaps they can uh, eat a bag of dicks because we're working our asses off <laughs> it's it's fucking brutal dude <laughs> it is so brutal uh, well that's a good time good time had by all yeah, well man. we got a we got a bunch of stuff to talk about a bunch of stuff to talk about here uh so let's open up with this uh the big news coming out of the disney plus disney world which is that uh they finally have decided to put a major release out onto Disney Plus, which is Mulan. They've decided that they're going to drop Mulan um, for rental um, on Disney Plus for $30. Wait, so wait, not wait. only do you I have to have a purchase for $30. I, it's a rental. Well, I mean, I guess it is because eventually it'll just be on the platform. Well, eventually, but basically, like, you're going to pay if you want to watch Mulan, which the wife has already told me, like, we are going to apparently pay $30 to see Mulan at the house. Oh, I um, know. Which I'm like, I say, that's all on you. And she goes, well, we would have paid that at the movie theaters. And I'm like, you know, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I, I think it's officially, this is really, like, the shift is finally happening mm -hmm. in the marketplace yep. where we're seeing our first first run movie released at home. And I think the reality is, is that movie theaters might be going the way of the Dodo, man. I don't know, man. There's, there's something for that experience. Now, having said that, I hated going to the movies until they put in the assigned seats. Like I hated that experience okay. of being crammed into the rows and never knowing if you're going to get a seat like that. And I've talked about this before, like that shit. I, I refused to go to those theaters once they started doing the, uh, the, the assigned seats with the the lazy boys and you know i mean there was one in redlands where they they would freaking bring you dinner to your chair and i'm like yes oh, this I'm, is what we should be yeah doing. i'm all about that yeah that was dope yeah and i think that's gonna be the norm is you know you're if we can ever get back into the theater safely um it's gonna be like super luxury experience because you can just watch that shit at home if oh. they release this way Right, right. Well, I mean, for me, I think it's like, I think it'll be an interesting test because the Trolls movie did like $100 million at home. 
And yeah. I think for like family fair, like stuff like this could work, but I don't think not for, I don't think for every movie this would work, you no. know? Like I don't think I don't think Tenet like the uh, uh, the new um, the movie from uh, Christopher Nolan uh, that they've been holding on to from WB. I don't think that would do as big a numbers at home, Dude. you know. But I think that. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see this working the way that Trolls did. I think Trolls was lightning in a bottle because there was nothing, and factor in everything in the society was shut down at that time. Like, people can actually go out and do shit now, you know? And, right, and restaurants right. are open with outdoor seating, and you've got the drive-in movie theaters that everybody's rediscovering. There's even drive-in concerts. And um, I saw the, the improv in uh, Irvine is doing drive-in comedy. So I don't know yeah, if this is yeah. going to work, dude. And I can tell you just, you, you already know the answer here, but I ain't buying Mulan. I'm just not doing it. It might be, which I'm shocked because you guys spend like a, a, a sizable portion of your family <laughs> income on fucking VOD at your house. But like, I don't know that we've probably purchased like maybe five VODs ever here, and we're definitely getting this one apparently. But you, it's like you're like, oh, I spent like you know, oh, I'm take out a second on the house for all the movies we rented. <laughs> but here's the difference. <laughs> I I was like about ninety percent sure I was not gonna buy Mulan. I was just gonna wait. Now that you say it's a rental, dude, get the fuck out of here. There's no way I'm spending 30 bucks to rent a movie. That is the dumbest shit ever. And I, you know what? I mean, it's Mulan. I'll just watch the cartoon, man. It's all good. I mean, how much? Yeah. I, I got Eddie Murphy in that. You know, why do I need, you know, this cast? Yeah. Whatever. I mean, you're not wrong. I can watch you're, you're The Last Samurai all. with Tom Cruise. It's almost the same. You know? Just, just <laughs> oh, imagine him. Know he's, that. Got, he's got long hair. <laughs> I'll just imagine he's, he's a girl. I don't know. It's the same. It's the same shit. You know? Yep. I mean, fair, fair enough. But, I mean, do you see, like, if this is successful, do you see them, like, releasing Black Widow this way? Ooh, I think that was that would have been the smart move, to be honest with you. I think they missed their window on this shit. And if they had released two months ago the Black Widow, it would have done $100 million easy. Uh, but I think what's happened now is, is there's way too many other things that people have learned to do. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it rolls out, you know. There's there's a lot of people who love that Mulan film and it and it is definitely like you know, girl power, um, but you know so is so is Black Widow. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say it's not gonna happen. But you know I've been wrong on this stuff before. <laughs> I mean fair enough, right? I I just I think it's gonna be great. Um, I think people are gonna jump into it feet first. Uh, and I think it's just going to continue the death march of the movie theaters because I think at this point, yeah, like your home entertainment system is getting so good. Like, why do I need to go to a movie theater anymore? Well, you yeah, know? my my screen um, is other, better than the screen I'm going to see at the theater. It's just not as big. Yeah, uh, pretty much. But you it's know? proportionate. And it's like you think you know? about these people. I've got my little room. I've got this big ass screen. Proportionately, it's it's probably the same experience. You know. Maybe. 
it's to me it, the big difference is sound. Like most people don't have the really bitchin' sound right. system that you get at the movie theaters, right. you know. And I think for us, like in my house, like when my subwoofer's kicking, it rocks the whole neighborhood, right, you know. Right. Um, and that's that's I think the big difference. It's like you've got to have like a bitchin' sound system and not just be trying to watch it like on a 4K TV with like the little speakers on the back, right, you know. Right. Um, but there. But what's interesting is that um, what we're seeing here is uh, with the Mulan is basically Disney's bailing on the stateside theaters. They're depending on China and VOD yeah. at this point. Yeah. And I, I and one of the things that I think is interesting is even though you're seeing filming getting back to on some projects, to me it's everything that's being filmed is stuff that's like on a timeline. You know, right. it's like we're finishing up stuff that we've already invested in. Um, I, it's not like they're green lighting a ton of new stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you're seeing some TV stuff, but it's like at a certain point, if production companies don't have anywhere to deliver a film to, they're not going to spend a hundred million, $200 million making a fast and furious movie. If there's no theaters to show it in. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's going to be a, 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 a consequence to losing that theater experience, but I mean, haven't we seen a decline in that shit anyway? You know? Yeah, but I mean, everything's like a big tentpole movie now. It's like small movies like Parasite or tentpole movies. You know, it's yeah. like that's all you got left. Yeah. Um, like the mid the mid range movie has kind of disappeared at this point. Yeah. You know. Um, or it's gone to like but, Netflix, but I, and it's it's lost in there with you know all the other rom coms that are that are floating around Netflix. I've come to the conclusion that Netflix is essentially when you used to like their movie selection is you remember when you used to go to Blockbuster yeah. and you'd be like, oh, look, it's Jurassic Park. And then what is this movie over here starring, you know, Polly Shore that I've never heard of, you know, or <laughs> yes. like what is what is this Stallone film that went straight to video? It's all the straight to video bullshit yes. that, you know, you might find a gem in that. You're like, oh, there's like one gem, you know? So to me, it's like the old guard. The old guard was like a gem in the uh, uh, the Netflix bin. I don't know, and dude. Netflix sort has of been like, delivering pretty strong content for a while. You know? I, come on. I mean, look, they Six deliver strong content, but... Yeah, that was a terrible movie. It was that so was, good. That was, I can't wait for them to do more shit. of that. Most of the movies that I'm watching on Netflix, even if they're okay, they're still like not top tier stuff. Like uh, what was it? The uh, um, the one with Chris Pine, uh, the uh, the last, not the Last Kingdom. Um, I don't know. Uh, it was like a medieval one. It had some cool battle scenes. It was bloody and fun. But I'm like, this was like, you know. This would have opened to like $10 million, maybe, if it was lucky, if it opened in a theater, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, the Wrong Missy with David Spade. Like, all these Adam Sandler offshoot films. It's like the Netflix library is like, there There are a couple gems, but I think they just like throw out enough coal into the universe and hope something turns into a diamond, you know? Well, it's and it's sort of the way they do it. It's, it kind of sounds like the way record companies operated, where they just put out a ton of shit. And anything that doesn't hit just becomes a write-off, you know? Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's weird with their model because how can they tell if something hit or not? Right, you know what I mean? Right, So, so, So you're like, I mean, you know, there's been some interesting stuff. Like Extraction was cool. Yes. Um, I did like uh, the Will Smith movie. That was cool. Oh. Uh, the Eurovision. Like we laughed, we laughed our asses off at that. Uh, you know, The Five Bloods. I watched that. That was cool. I that guess, movie, you know, like I didn't hate it. That movie was not what it was was advertised to be. 
Like that movie sure. got super dark real early on. And I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck is this movie? <laughs> like that movie was you know, something. Uh, but then, yeah. And then you're seeing some stuff. Like I have a friend of mine who did uh, a movie called Rogue Warfare and they did like a trilogy of movies. And they're, you know, they're sort of like B action movies starring the guy, uh, the old dude from Avatar. Um, oh, you know, yeah. they're not great. But they're just they're watchable. They're but they're like the B movies that you used to pull off the uh, the shelves, you know. Right. And then they had like the Lovebirds uh, uh, with the dude from the uh, the uh, Indian dude from um, Kumail Nanjiani, um, Silicon Valley, uh, and the Lovebird, you know. And, and, like, that, that was, was good, good. actually. It, you know, I en- it wasn't terrible. I enjoyed like, it that. Was funny. There were some moments that were really funny in that. But I just think like the movies that you're seeing coming out on here, they're not top flight, dude. Uh, you got like the WWE movie that came out. Like we watched that, Ronald Andrew and I, and I'm like, uh, I don't wait, know about uh, all this. Wait, what now? <laughs> There's a WWE the movie, movie? The, uh, called The Event about a little kid who like, it's basically like, like, you know, like an air bud, but with a little kid who becomes a wrestler, oh, you know? no, dude. <laughs> like, Come on. All right, moving on. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even talking about this. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's jump into. Uh, so we finally got some new TV worth plugging into. Um, uh, so like, I mean, there's been some stuff like I'm finishing up the last season of The 100. But that show, it's sort of grinding to uh, an end as we come to the end of it. But we finally got something that's everybody's like, not everybody, but geeks are excited about, which is Umbrella Academy 2. Oh, they should be. It's freaking phenomenal. Yes, it is phenomenal. Um, I do like that they took the uh, Stranger Things concept where they're like, this is not set, like season two, it's Umbrella Academy 2. So like we're treating this whole, you know, 10 episodes like a, it's a second movie, you know, right. um, with the naming concept. So the the show, I I, I have to say, um, you've, you've finished it, but we're only going to talk about the first like four episodes here. Um I think the second season so far for me um, has been better than the first season. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think part of it is, you know, we're not, we're, I mean, you, you kind of start off the show, even with first season, like shit's already happening from the jump. You don't have to worry about backstories yes. and all that shit. I mean, it's sort of, they reveal some of that along the way, but it's not like it's an origin story. Like that shit has already happened, you know? Um, we get a, we get some flashbacks, but that's about it. Um, and I think that makes right. for some much more compelling storytelling because we already know who these characters are. And I'll tell you what, man, this this shit is going way deeper uh, character wise than the Marvel stuff ever did. And I, I think that's what's really um, killing I- in it. I think yes and no. Like, yeah, I agree that it's like the character stuff has definitely been deeper in the the second, even in at the end of the first season. Um, it's it's significantly this is darker than the Marvel stuff. Like, fair enough. It's not the boys dark. Like, nothing is no, no. You know, like that sort of dark with like glib and glee. Um, but no, this show, I don't think it's a is, dark issue. I think it's an issue of they're going deeper into who these people are. It's the the stories are sure. not they're not about. Um, you know, we're fighting the big bad and that's the end of the movie. It's more like, hey, one of us is the big bad, you know, and it and it's our relationships that cause that shit. You know, it's how that person was treated and, you know, how we interacted with each other that brought all of this to a head, you know. 
Right. And I think that you see that for sure in that first season. It's a slow burn to get to there. Oh, you yeah. Know, no spoilers on where season two ends. But it's like with with this all in mind, I, I think that looking at this show, um, one, it's fun. Yes. Uh, but two, it, it is it is dark and it is there are these moments um none of it feels overly forced although some of it you can see it coming from a mile away yeah like it's not heavy-handed no um but it's just it's not like it's not an m night movie where it's like haha surprise yeah, like yeah, in yeah. the character stuff you know but the relationships are a lot of fun the characters are fun and i think like more than anything the character of klaus is by far the best fucking character <laughs> he's pretty great dude. on any of these and on any of these superheroes, he shows. absolutely delivers in in season two. Absolutely, the the growth of that character and and the lack of growth at the same time, yes, uh, in some aspects are just so much fun to watch. Well, and it's it's kind of fun to me because you've got these, you know, you've got these the family. So you've got Ellen Page as Vanya, um, who is in first season. You know, she's the one that like of the family that doesn't have powers, number seven. But you come to find out that she's like not only does she have powers, but she's like the harbinger of doom. Yeah. You know, Um, you've got Luther, who's sort of like the uh, uh, he's the strong guy. So he's sort of Colossus esque. Yeah, well, but he's to me he's an amalgam of if you took uh, Colossus from the X Men, but you missed mixed him um, with uh, uh, Scott Summers, right? You know? So right. he's like the leader, but he's kind of dopey, you yes. know, very <laughs> you know? dopey. And then you got you got Diego, who's your Batman, uh, you know, uh, uh, amalgam, who's sort of like the uh, I fight with knives and ninja skills, right? You know. Um, you got Allison, who's the one, one of the few that has like legit powers like her. I heard a rumor power to me is the most powerful thing on the show, um, which is why Maybe. I'm kind of surprised that what's that? Maybe. I mean, season one for sure. Uh, dude, she I mean, she's got the ability to control minds and bend reality like that by itself is, you know, she can literally force people to do whatever she wants, which is insane. Uh, Klaus, I freaking love Klaus because he's he's just flamboyant. Uh, he's uh, an alcoholic and a drug addict, mm-hmm. <laughs> and his his ability to communicate with the dead, and specifically his dead brother, um, is amazing to me. <laughs> uh, what's it, Ben? His brother Ben. Yes. Um. Yeah, uh, and, and no spoilers because like- because Ben definitely factors more into this season. Um, I'm not gonna give anything yeah, away, they s- but he is definitely a much more significant character in season two, and it he's one of the characters well, I it, like the most in season two. Yes, because he's well, still basically feel like a in kid. the first season. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but in the first season, there was like the mystery of Ben, like is he real? Does he exist? Sort of thing. And then once they finally are like, yes, he's real. Then once you let him out of that box, then now the relationship between him and Klaus becomes much more interesting. Right. You know, right. and it is. Um, it, they really then, deliver on that relationship. Right, right. And then finally, you get um, um, the last group, uh, which is five. Five. Um, which, yeah, which do, does uh, he doesn't have a name, does he? Nope. He's just five. Which is weird to me. Like all the other ones, they don't ever, he never gets a name and he just is sort of like, you know. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what they were thinking there. Um, but, you know, whatever. Gerard Way, he had a reason for it. Or maybe the kid disappeared too soon before they gave themselves names. I don't know. Yeah. 
I was kind of sad. I mean, literally at the beginning of season two, they killed off Hazel, which was one of my favorite characters from season one. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I think it definitely it sent a, a tone or it sent sent a message like, hey, this is a new but, thing. But he was. But he was elderly, which I was kind of okay with. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, Hazel got to live a life. You know, this is old Hazel dying yeah. here. You yeah, know? it's Cap. Um, it's Cap getting his life. Yeah. You know? Sure, sure, sure. But he, but him and uh, what's her, uh, Mary J. Blige, who played Cha-Cha in season one. Um, yeah, missed Like, her. really enjoyed the... Yeah, the, the two of them were a lot of fun in season one. But now that they're gone in season two, um, what do we got? Uh, the guy, the man from the window, uh, I, whose name I still don't know yet. Oh, um, yeah, I can't remember his name either. The, the picture guy. I just remember him. He was uh, he was on Friday Night Lights in the first season. He played a reoccurring character on that show, and I've always liked that actor. Um, but he, he shows up and is just a blast, you know. And then in season two, we're introduced now to some also some new characters. So Allison uh, gets married uh, to a, a what would you call him an activist from, yeah, he's, from he's the nineteen sixties. He's in a Dallas. civil rights activist. Um, they're they're in Dallas, I believe. Um, yes, they and, are. And uh, you know, this is the lunch counter sit-ins uh, time. So it's it's in like sixty through right. sixty-three. Um, I love how the whole thing is centered around that early 60s uh, time period. There's so much and so, so such a rich uh, tapestry of stuff that they can play off of historically in that time. Right. Period. Well, and then it's fun because Luther's working for uh, Jack Ruby, you know, which yes. are, like it, the, the, this whole season is obviously going to tie into the Kennedy assassination. Like yes. They give you that like right up front. Um, it's very obvious because they keep going back to it. Um, and then there's like little uh, sneak peeks into um, into the Hargreaves, uh, uh, Reginald, um, their father, uh, the one that adopts them all, like sort of into his backstory and his back life, which we see hints of it in season one. But seeing him in full like douchebaggery action in season two, because oh, yeah. um, he's such a mixed bag. Like he totally like him and the monkey and, and 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 mom, like the three of them like have this little family unit, which is so odd. Uh, but he's still like this like flaming bag of douche. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, awful. Um, yeah. And, and you keep waiting for him to be redeeming, but he's not in any way, shape or form. No. So. Um. So what do you, as far as like, I, I mean, I can't ask you like, uh, because you've already binged the shit out of this thing, right. um, but I can tell you some of my instant, cause I still haven't finished. I'm four episodes done and I've just started five. Cause I didn't want to throw it. I didn't want to burn through it all in two days. I wanted to enjoy it a little more cause I enjoyed the Mandalorian so much more by piecemealing it out. Um, I didn't like blow through it and then not watch it for a year. Like I did with stranger things three. Um, Elliot, so Elliot was one, the guy's I, name. Yes. Just kidding yes. to me. Um, it's okay. No worries. Sorry. Um, so with this one, do you find that the um, do you find that the story is more complex than the first season? Um, absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, really, really, what happened in the first season? I mean, you had Vanya hooking up with that dude, and he kind of helps bring upon the apocalypse, and that was pretty much the majority of the story. I think you have a much more intricate story here. And somehow it ties in with the civil rights movement. It ties in with the Kennedy assassination. You know, I mean, at this point, you're tying in with, um, you know, even the even the space race and to a certain extent. Uh, 
you know, and the Cold War. Right. You know, and, and you got to think at this point, you're also looking at like McCarthyism is happening around this time. Yes, this is. I mean, it was a little earlier than that. Like the McCarthyism was more like the fifties. Right, you're, right. You're not wrong about. I mean, you're not wrong about like just sort of the way the world is and how they're dealing with people from a different time period, which I think is really interesting. You know. Yes. Um, and then also you see, um, um, you know, like, uh, you know, like Ray after the sit-in getting beat up by the cops. Allison's, you know, uh, uh, husband. Um, and then you see, um, um, like you're getting these little like the monkey. Uh, what's the I can't remember what's the monkey's name. Um, God damn it! Why um, <laughs> I hate when this happens. It's like it's not bubbles, but it's something like that. Yeah, it, whatever. But the the ape essentially being shot into space, you know, um, and and seeing sort of the space program at work, um, the uh, sort of uh, seeing the Hargreaves uh, father Reginald being part of the Illuminati for all intents and purposes, you know, right? Um, them planning essentially the death of Kennedy. Like it's just like crazy, crazy shit going on in this 1960s world. And the fact that the opening basically somehow, because they traveled back to the sixties after they destroyed 2019, they accidentally destroyed 1963 as well. Yes. <laughs> so in, in, you know, um, it just, it, it's like this show, uh, continues to surprise me. It makes me laugh a lot, which I like. Yes. Um, and it, it's got a sense of humor that sort of like uh, preacher had. Um, and I think the boys has to a certain extent. I just think the boys is like much more vicious. Oh yeah. With some of the shit it oh, does. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, we're, where this this show like toes the line like the boys runs right the fuck past it you know and jumps in the uh, the shit yeah. and then like runs back over the line and it's right, like tries right. to do it again you know well we do um, have another character is, that you you, know, you uh, have forgotten is Diego's um, nutty girlfriend uh, Lila oh yeah yeah the uh, Lila the girl that he meets in the insane asylum yes. like and she I mean she starts out where you're like. It's all like the, my first immediate feeling was it's all a little too convenient with her. Like I was sort of like, oh, I don't know about the storytelling this season. Like she's a little too convenient of a character. And then immediately you find out why, which is because she's exactly that. She's a plant, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's a, she's basically a double agent. Um, uh, and that's part of the, I think the fun of the, 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 that next season, you know, yes. uh, or, which is now all of a sudden you're like, well, who do we trust? You know? So Right, right. I'm I'm trying to hold back certain things. I'm like, oh, because oh, never mind. I can't tell you that. <laughs> there's there's so wanna, many nice reveals. It. Yeah, there's some really nice reveals throughout this season, and I I really don't want to ruin them because they are really nice payoffs. Um, yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is like for us, it's like we'll we'll we don't want to chop this all up in like one go. Um, uh, because you know you want to give the listeners a chance to catch up as well. Um, but the first four episodes, I, I mean, they just flow. Like I literally was like watching the first episode, and I was like, "Yeah, this is good. It's nice to be back." You know, I remember mm -hmm. how much I liked this show. Yes. And then the second episode, I was like, "Oh shit! This up, this season's actually somehow better than last season." Um, and then you get into the third episode when the Swedes show up, the the uh, the new hitmen. Yes. Uh, uh, in the cornfield, and suddenly you're like. Oh wow, this is this is a blast. Like I'm a real I, I I don't know that I could set this down. And then I I had to stop watching when I got through with 4 cuz I was like I just 
it's you know I've been doing this all day and I don't want to I'm enjoying this too much I'm like I've got to I've got to take this little nibble of how good this show is uh, and walk away from it you know right <laughs> so well and like I was um, talking with Lauren today and and we both kind of looked at each other and we're like yeah it might be time to watch that again and we just watched it last week you know I mean it's nice it's infinitely nice. rewatchable it's it's that good. So here's here's my question. Aside from uh, how great the show is, uh, structurally speaking, of like the Netflix model, like how many more legit seasons do you think we'll get of the Umbrella Academy? Because Netflix seems to not care. They're like three three seasons is all you get of anything yeah, anymore, yeah. and then they're just gonna like fire you out the window, you know? Because you know, like even their most like successful shows, like um, uh, Glow. They've basically now canceled after season four. They're like, we're done after season four, no matter what. I don't know, dude. Yeah. I mean, look at like Lucifer. They picked that up, and and granted, they didn't pay for the first four seasons or three seasons. I think it's four seasons. Sure. Um, but you know, here they are. They've they've um, they're ready to drop the new season, and they've already renewed it for the the next season. So I mean, yeah. There's a show that's already going to go six, so I think it really depends on the show. But I agree with you. I th- I think oh. it's a nutty model that they they get a fan base on something and then they just shit can it. It's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I don't, I don't well, see that happening I, with me, Umbrella like, Academy, man. Unless unless uh, but you they never, run out of story. You never allowed anything to build to like a Game of Thrones level because Game of Thrones wasn't Game of Thrones after season one. No. It was like season three or four where it hit that like absolutely white hot because it was all of us that were watching season one that went, this show's really fucking good, people. And then you get through a season two and you're like, this show's great. And then season three is happening. And then you're like, how how have you not watched Game of Thrones? Right. And then people are going back and binging that's like the, the last, previous three seasons. That's you know? the last water cooler show I can think of. I think The Mandalorian had that feel. And I think that when you eh. get done with season just wait, man. Season two comes out in the fall, um, and Disney Plus hit its five-year model for how many subscribers they wanted in nine months, thanks oh, to the wow. pandemic. So yeah. they have 57 million subscribers subscribing to Disney Plus now. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Hamilton didn't hurt. And if No, but you know what, man? I think that people are going to turn around, and it's like they're going to get that weekly of Star Wars, and all of a sudden it's going to be like, for eight or ten weeks or however long Emmy episodes we get, like that's going to be what we talk about in the fall. That's not the election. Like this, there's not going to be anything else to talk about. Like that's right. going to be the key, you know. Right. Um, and they're going to be as close to a big feature release as you're going to get. So, um, but anyway, so back to the Umbrella Academy. Uh, do you do you, are, for as far as our listeners go? If you haven't watched it, like jump the fuck in. Like this show is amazing. Yeah, you are missing um, out and if you're so not much, on this. Well, it's funny because Mike and Mike both thought we were going to do Umbrella Academy on Sunday. And I was like, nah, and I promised Chris that I'd do that with him. And so they both had binged season one and we're in the middle of season two. And we're like, it's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Like, it's better than it has any right to be. Right. You know? Right. So. Oh, yeah. No, don't. I mean, come on. The the handler basically gets demoted and there's a dude with a fish for a head in a fish tank. I mean, this is some <laughs> goofy ass a, shit. But. Yeah, well, what's what's funny is it's not that he has a fish for a head. He is a fish yeah. inside of like a mechanical bot. Like he's got right. like he's a fish in a bowl that just has gained absolute intelligence. You know. Right. Right. <laughs> 
So, so something like that, uh, you just hear yeah, that man. on paper, and it's like, that sounds really stupid. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, this might be going up to, oh, no, it works. All right. <laughs> I'll go with it. Shit works. <laughs> so, all right. So Umbrella Academy 2 gets a big thumbs up from everybody here. Uh, so I can't far, wait till uh, you get me, a little further in. It. Oh, man, I can't wait till I get a little further in either. Like, I'm very excited about that, you know? Um, so, yeah. Uh, all right, so let's transition from that. Um, you got any uh, any dumb shit uh, that your kids have done recently? Uh, nah, I mean, I, I don't know what the last thing I told you was. Um, I I mean, I don't remember either, but feel free. Yeah, I mean, Darian moved out. And that's that's been kind of nice. You talked about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's been uh, it, it's been quiet around here. Honestly, it's not even the kids, man. It's the freaking dog, dude. I'm I'm so done with this little asshole dog. Like the cute little puppy is just a dick. It just such a <laughs> dick. Like uh, every morning, it's like she's got to go out and run in the mud. And it's like, dude, now I got to give you a bath every freaking morning before you can come back in the house. And then if I'm not paying attention to her, she's eating the carpet on the stairs. This is the only carpet we have in the house, but she's eating the freaking carpet. And at this point, she's eating the drywall under the carpet. So I'm like, I'm so over <laughs> this little asshole dog, dude. And the problem is she's just cute as hell. And super loving, and it, it makes it really hard to just kick her ass and throw her outside. But, uh, yeah, it's freaking dumbass dog, dude. So, yeah, just before I came down, like, Carrie got home from work, and uh, she she went up, you know, she's been out in the sun all day, went up, jumped in the shower, and apparently the dog pushed the door open and ran into the shower and just was chilling in there with her. <laughs> like, what, what the hell? <laughs> she just sat there getting soaked. So now we got wet dog running around the house. Good times. Good times. Yeah, man. So that's that's about the, the worst of what's gone on. Um, I, you know, I got some other stuff, but I'm going to save that for the next time. Nice. At, at nice. this point, it's well, all about we, the stupid uh, dog. As, uh, fair enough. So the dog is like one of your kids at this point, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, she's a dick. She terrorizes everybody in the house. <laughs> like everybody. All the dogs, all of us. She's just constantly a pain in the ass nice nice well we uh uh we've we've turned into uh dumb shit our kids have done covid edition right oh Jesus. um so well i mean you know it, it's like the kid gets bored as yes. far as things goes uh so I came out the other day um, and like, you know, like we've been stuck at home, like for mm -hmm. most of this. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so the child has discovered board games and he um, I came downstairs the other day and he literally had pulled out nine board games <laughs> and mixed up all the pieces. <laughs> oh, my God. I've now, so been there. I'm not talking like he pulled out like the game of life or some shit like that. I'm talking like, like all these like really expensive board games oh, that I bought no. um, and, and come with a shit ton of pieces and he's got all of them out and he's created his own game. Like Axis and, and Allies playing. with 8 billion little. Oh dude, I, <laughs> I've got one called space alert. That's got like more fucking different types of pieces in it. And they're like, 
like all these different colored blocks and he pulls out pandemic with all its different colored blocks and monopoly city with like all its different cities and fucking regular monopoly Ooh. and he's got a chessboard out and he and i'm like i come down i'm like what what's what's going on buddy <laughs> it's like i decided the games we play are not complicated enough dad so i wanted to make one that's really hard to play and so you won't win and i was like oh thanks i appreciate that um but it took us literally four friggin' hours to find all the pieces because oh he didn't God. also just have them like on the kitchen table. They were in like the kitchen in one room. He just had moved oh. boxes of games all over the place. It just it was I was dumbfounded, dumbfounded at how much he had pulled out. It was insane, dude. I just wanted to like <laughs> blast myself in the head. So. Oh, Jesus. And, and not only that. You start to realize how many games have similar pieces, and you're like, wait a minute, does this go to this mm -hmm, game or mm -hmm. this game over here? Uh, so some of these games, the next time we pull them out, they're going to be an adventure, because like, I know the pieces are going to be missing. What's the boot from Monopoly doing in this freaking Axis and Allies box? <laughs> you're like, I moved my tanks and this, <laughs> this cannon <laughs> over here. And a top hat. A top hat is and the, invading And the Poland. top hat. We got to put that. And, and I'm going to build a hotel right there in in Sweden. <laughs> uh, yeah, that it's kind of funny because one of the games we have, I was like, like, and it's not even like a Parker Brothers game, but they obviously stole the mold for the hotels mm -hmm. from like 60s Monopoly for the mold for their little houses for the game. And I was like, this looks like a Monopoly hotel, but it's kind of not, you know? So That's it just, yeah. Fun. So yeah, I... I did not realize how many uh, uh, molding pieces are essentially the same from game to game, you know? Um, yeah, it's like they're not even trying. especially like some of these... Oh, dude, but some of these games like uh, um, Ticket to Ride he had pulled out as well. So they have like these little trains, but there's an exact fucking number of them. So you got to figure out like, okay, where oh, did no. 45 of these disappear to? <laughs> oh, jeez. So... So yeah, so we got a new rule at my house: one board game at a time. That is like no more, no less, right? So it's freaking. Oh, dude, that's like this is reminiscent of when he was five and he pulled out every deck of cards I had to oh, make a super deck. Shit. Well, I mean, he's creative. Now, he's trying to build a new game called I Win. That you can't mind win. you, Chris. We used to do poker tournaments over here. So oh, yeah. it's not like when I say he pulled out every deck of cards, they're all different types of cards. Yeah. He literally mixed like eight decks of red cards together. Oh, <laughs> so, shit. Have, have you ever separated eight decks of cards? Of the, of the same brand. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. They're all bicycle, you know? And, they're, and so now you're all, okay. I'm basically playing solitaire. I'm playing eight deck solitaire yes, here, trying yes. to make this a reality. Here we go, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's shit. It's shit like that, dude. It's never ending. Oh, never ending. Man. So, well, I mean, I, mine are all grown at this point. Um, you know, it's like I, I will say this. Um, I, I don't get much headache from Phoebe. She's like the least amount of headache. But uh, the one thing that was really insane is, um, you know, the school because she's at the high school now. They wanted her to go pick up her Spanish book. So I'm like, oh, all right, well, we got to get that because school starts on Monday. So we drive down to the school, and, of course, everybody's in this, this window of time. So we start to pull up to the school, and we can see the line is all the way out to the boulevard. And that's a long freaking oh. way. 
Like I'm Jesus. I'm out on the street, and if you know anything about the school, like there's a light, there's two lights outside, and then there's a long driveway in that leads to like a wash and a concrete mixing or some shit. And then it goes into the school parking lot, and that goes, it's like a quarter mile, man. It's a long-ass way, um, maybe even a half mile. And uh, so we waited in line for this stupid Spanish book for two fucking hours, dude. Two hours sitting in my car waiting to pick up a book. <laughs> and here's the, here's the thing that really pissed me off. So we finally get up to the front. We get the book. And at this point, you know, I'm like, you know, I can't be mad. I, and it just is what it is. Um, we get the book. It's the same fucking book she's had for the last two years. Like in middle school. They use the same book. She's already gone through really? this whole book. So it's like, well, you know, most of the middle schools don't have a language program. Just the one she went to does. She's basically taken the first two years of this class. And now she's got to go back and get the same motherfucking book. Dude, I was I was livid, and I'm like, I know I've seen this book. Come home, shits on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you you That's gotta funny. be kidding me. So yeah, I was ready to lose my mind, dude. That that was, but that wasn't her fault. That was just like stupid shit that happens with the kids. So, but yeah, that was that was quite Fair an enough. adventure, man. That was that was a pretty shitty day. Oh, it was like 110 degrees out that day too. So the AC working at full oh, blast still wasn't working, you know, because you're sitting still. So anyway. Well, it could be worse. Just remember that. It could be worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's let's get to the end of this one here. We'll do a short episode for this one since it's just you and I and there's not really not a ton to talk about this week. Uh, but but we did go through quite a bit of it. Uh, you know, some other news like they're going to they just announced that as soon as they finish shooting John Wick 4, they're going to immediately start shooting John Wick 5. Um, you know, so that's big news. Um, Crazy. I guess. I mean, it's like it's like <laughs> the know? Matrix. They did that shit that way. Lord of the Rings. They did that shit that way. I mean, it yeah. makes sense because yeah. I mean, realistically. Yeah, you're filming for, you know, a month or two, but all the post stuff is where where it really becomes kind of a, a big deal. And that's where all the time is spent is making all those, sure. those cool moves actually look real, you know. And I feel like those movies have a lot of editing, you know, like a, a lot. lot. So um, I there's a lot of like let's they probably, you know, they don't shoot as much any as many minutes of uh a film because they're shooting so many angles because of all mm -hmm. the fight sequences and what have you. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I mean, that's cool. Like I look, I rewatched all those John wick movies recently. Um, I still think the the second one is the weakest of the three. Um, and it yes. made me not want to watch the third one. Yes. And I really like the third one in retrospect. Yeah, I just watched um, it yesterday. I think the second one. Yeah. The second one still feels forced to yes. me and it's a little more, it's a little confusing as well. Um, the third one seems a little more straightforward. Uh, it's basically like a dude on the run movie, yes. um, which is what makes it fun, you know? Um, but the first one, to me, it's still perfection. That first fucking John Wick movie, it, and that's why we have... It's like the first Pirates movie. Yeah. The first one's perfection. The rest of them are just fun to watch. They're fun. You know? I'll tell you what, so, man. The thing that that yeah. third movie has that is so goddamn cool are those two German shepherds that Halle Berry has. Those scenes sure, sure. At, at that dude's like place where they just decide he shot my dog, I'm gonna fuck these people up. That was so great watching those dogs climb the, the sides of the buildings to go up to the roof and 
it was just really, really hip. And it was something we hadn't seen in the other two movies. So, yeah, absolutely, the third one for me is way better than the second. Hmm. Hmm. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, there are some so. things that I go, All right. eh, that's kind of lame. Like him wandering off into the middle <laughs> of the desert. Like, what the, f- come on. That's dumb. Sure. He could be anywhere. I, I mean. And they just happen to find his yeah. ass. You know, it's like, come on. <laughs> I mean, it's, we're not talking Star I, Wars I here, you know. It's freaking John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude doesn't even have a GPS on him. Like, how are they going to find this fool? But, but I love the world yeah. that they've created, this assassin's world. Uh, and they definitely flesh it out a lot more in, in the third one. So I'm, I'm excited for the fourth one. I just, I'm, where are you going to go with this? Because he's, he's basically working for the big dude now, right? He's back in. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, does he just become a hitman again? Or is he like... Yeah, I'm back in. Now I'm out again. You know, it's like I, I'm curious where they're gonna go with this story. They must have something. I'll, I'll at least, I'll at least give the writers of this credit because they didn't do the Taken route, which is they just didn't like Taken just rehash the same plot three yes. times. You know, terrible. Um, Why didn't you watch at least the, with the John other one? Wick? Yeah, well, the second two were terrible and not worth watching. Um, but at least with these movies, they're like trying to create a world, which I'm all yes. down with. You know, yes. So a very but, interesting world. For sure, for sure. All right, dude, so let's uh, wrap it up right there. Uh, This has been a fun uh, 45-minute peek into the uh, world uh, in our mind. Uh, But uh, I am, uh, once again, uh, Mulan at home for far too much money. Oh, man. I'm Mushu. That was my Eddie Murphy. (laughs) I'm a dragon. All right, cool. That's all I got. (laughs) All right. And uh, I hope you're having a nerd life crisis. Music for the Nerd Life Crisis podcast is provided by Big Papa and the TCB. All music available at bptcb.com or at iTunes. The Nerd Life Crisis is recorded at the Inland Blue Studios. Make sure to subscribe to the Nerd Life Crisis at iTunes and like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Nerd Life Crisis. This episode of the Nerd Life Crisis podcast is brought to you by IB Comics. IB Comics, the home of great creator-driven stories for people of all ages, including Legba's Juke Joint. The first book of a nine-book series is available now and tells the story of American music from the blues to the present. The series examines the values of American society and for what we as people are willing to trade our soul. The book has been called Smart and Clever by Mark Wade of The Flash and Superman and Raw, Honest, and Profoundly Human by Stephen Frank, the creator of Silver and the animator on The Iron Giant. The book is available now at www.ibcomics.com. IB Comics, the home of great stories. <laughs>